Welcome to the My Rules Are Better podcast. I'm Tom Barbley. If you hear the gentle sounds of cats grazing in the background, that's because I'm recording downstairs. I have just come from the first in the inaugural <laughs> Just Plain Chaos Session 1. What an amazing experience. This whole lockdown thing is very strange, but to have the ability to play a game with a group of people who are all very actively and interestedly involved in something was just wonderful. So yes, I have a, a general sense of well-being about me following this experience, which is rather curious through the current times. But yeah, it, I think it went, I mean, there was, you know, various points of contention and I took critical feedback at the end, which I think is really very important to move these kind of groups forward. But in general, I think it ticked most of the boxes that people were hoping to be ticked and certainly it provided an interesting introduction to the Just Plain Chaos rules to some participants and also an ability to, you know, present it in a different setting for those that had already played it. So it was quite a wonderful experience, I think. So collectively, how many people were there? Let me name them going around. We had Barney Dicker, Chris Abbott, Matthew Gibson, Derek from previous recording, and from my game at work as well, we had Alan and Jason. So collectively, it was a pretty fun group, and some of them hadn't played with others, and vice versa. And it was really nice to just have a, an introduction of all these people together collectively. There were various lag issues initially. There were various audio issues. I think we worked through some of them. I did get some feedback associated with when people should speak. I'd used visual cues in terms of just people trying to speak, and if they spoke over the top of each other, then going to people in order and this kind of stuff. But yeah, it was interesting to test the platform. We used Google Hangouts for it. I wasn't able to record the session. I don't think I'll be able to record the sessions going forward. I'm really not that fussed by it. The recording of it, I think, is secondary to just gathering of feedback and utilizing you know, various ideas through this. So certainly I'm going to be presenting a map physically. I had a camera on a map, which also covered dice rolls as well. That didn't work. The camera just broke down. So better to present maps, which I think was the main thing, aside from the feedback associated with who should talk when. But yeah, it wasn't a really interesting experience. And I think as I started the session, this is the new normal. This is the new way that these things are going to be played as we go through cycling lockdown phases. So it was really interesting to bring together some collective friends to a gaming session. And yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, we had two folks in Canada. We had... Uh, three of us in California, one in Texas and one in Germany. So yeah, the whole thing was just a luxury. <laughs> I had put a lot of work into getting the initial scenario ready and I hope that that was noticed by the participants. But certainly there were various kind of epicenter points which I had laid out in my you know, lead up to the game. In general, I wasn't flooded by paperwork. In more combat heavy games, and this might get combat heavy, Paperwork becomes a large part of what I have to do. Thankfully, with this game, paperwork wasn't a large part of what I had to do. I memorized a good portion of it. There was only really limited, you know, battle damage and healing. But I think it also was a wonderful introductory game to get the various participants and their various, you know, judgments and feelings and these kind of things settled. And it was a good introduction to the various characters as well. So it set itself up very well for that. Anyway, let's talk about other stuff. I had other topics to talk about. So one of the things that I found through the week, which seems tiny compared to this game, is I've been trying for the past six or seven years now to find a magazine 
that I wrote into when I was 10 years old and got a pen pal in Shetlands from. This was Proteus magazine, which I, it changed its publisher at issue four. I've now become an expert in Proteus magazine. Week as well. So the quality of, I bought the first issue. I thought this isn't the same publication. The quality of paper, everything about it changed from issue five on. My letter, I think, was in issue 16. It only had 20 issues. All these issues are now available as PDFs online. But the issue that I'm in, in fact, all the issues with the addresses of the kids, because they have a pen pal section, is censored. So I'm going to try and find sometime in the next 10 years when someone sells Proteus 16 online. The publisher is still in business. So, well, actually, when I say still in business, they haven't done their filings for this year. So they're about to go out of business as these things tend to happen. Every time I have these kind of interactions, the business is out of business, you know, a year before I get involved. Anyway, so I could potentially contact the publisher and see if they have any spare copies. I doubt it. But yeah, it's good to know that this thing exists. I've been able to find this thing. And in the process, I wanted to go back and find the issues because Proteus was really the first magazine. And it's a very strange magazine. Each of the issues contains their own fighting fantasy-like adventure. It's funny that when I met Jackson Livingston, I mentioned the pen pal specifically. I wonder if they, I mean, Proteus was in competition to them. It was in competition to their Warlock magazine for a start. It was cheaper uh, because they used newspaper. And, yeah, I, I don't know whether they knew of, I mean, obviously they knew of Proteus at the time. But when I said I found a pen pal in it, I'm, you always have these wonders, right? Anyway, I've ticked off that box. One of the things I found fascinating, Gr- Grenada Miniatures was an early miniature company that I looked at periodically. I do have one of their, I have the Basilisk, uh, and I also purchased this week their Death Giant. The first three, well, aside from something which I'll talk about in a minute, the first three miniature purchases that I've made, aside from <clears throat> something I'll talk about in a minute, so you have the Death Giant and Skeletal Orcs, or Skeleton Orcs, are making their way to me from the UK. But I've come to an interesting process with regards to the lead pile. I'm really almost completely done with the whole thing. However, <laughs> this negates everything I've just said. I don't have a lot of... I've got a few, small number, like literally two or three wood elves in my collection. And over the past three weeks, I've been negotiating with a fellow who has a many generation wood elf army about whether or not he's interested in selling it as a kind of last hurrah to my miniature collection aims. So I have a wood elf army containing a wide variety of really curious miniatures coming to me shortly, of which I will do a Dettol Bath Clinic video for Monty's reviews, I think. So that was my three-part update. But really the game itself was just so wonderful and it's happening again next weekend. So I've got to, you know, intensify and familiarize myself with the uh, parts of the conflict that they're going to be moving through next. But I think it was a relatively good sense of, I mean, I was able to hopefully provide, you know, my style to people. I'm, I'm going to be listening in particular. I don't know if Barney Dicker will narrate any of this. Barney also produced two videos associated with the unboxing, indicating that I had, in fact, sent him one duplicate of an Inferno magazine, but yeah, I, I put the zombies that I was sending him in bubble wrap, which I didn't think of at the time. All the other ones were in little sealable, you know, what they call Ziploc baggies, I guess. So I assumed that there was Ziploc baggie. When I didn't see the Ziploc baggie, I then threw in all the zombies. He is going to use the zombies on his Loco Ludus podcast, I think, as promotional items, because there were just so many of them. I think there are 
It was in the order of 80 to 100, if not more, in what I provided him. The one thing I was disappointed about was combat cards. I assessed that he probably got interest in the Games Workshop hobby about the time that combat cards came out. Wasn't really that interested in combat cards. Also, the Citadel journals were from duplicates, and I wonder if I could have gone through the Citadel journals and found more stuff associated with Necromunda kind of city fight gang related stuff. But it is what it is. The magazines went out. The other folks that received them received them. And I think the reverence associated with the Orc Shaman in the Blister. Oh, and another thing. There were a series of female miniatures in a box set, which I first purchased in Washington, D.C., I think. We took the train out to a place which had, I think, a quilting shop and a miniature shop nearby each other. Or I did that intentionally, actually. Maybe I found a place where it was a quilting shop and a miniature shop together. Anyway, I went inside and I bought this box of miniatures, which was cyberpunk women. And I sent them off to uh, painters that I had in Pennsylvania at the time. And through the period of time, the kind of latter part of me using them, they sent me these boxes of broken miniatures again and again. And I just said, look, I'm sorry for the amount I'm paying you guys. This thing can't continue. And those female miniatures were painted and then sent back to me afterwards through the period of time of hostility, like the conclusion of the of the working relationship for whatever reason. I gave the painted versions of this, and I'm kind of kicking myself. Maybe I should have split the painted version. I gave the painted versions of this to Connor Sightsbone primarily because he had helped get the stuff out of the attic. So he got the painted version of the miniatures and the other box that I had because I had an unpainted version of the box, which I purchased because I at the time was interested in the miniatures and passing them on to people, I sent on to Barney. So Barney got the unpainted versions, which unfortunately had a, a mould. Like one of them was missing a head. So it just didn't pass quality control, which kind of annoyed me. But what can you do? I mean, aside from pulling out the miniature before you send it. So that was the box of... And I thought when I saw the box, it immediately made me think of Barney's electric... Bastion Land games, steampunk-esque. I thought he could use something in that. I thought he could use the zombies for some stuff. The combat cards I thought would have a better, you know, I thought it kind of intersected the right time, not so much. But the Orc Shaman, the Savage Orc Shaman, was on the money. And I think that, oh, and also the Easy Dice. I sent him some of the, so the background to the Easy Dice was that I made 20 plus of the six-sided Easy Dice and about, a dozen of the 12-sided easy dice, maybe more, even 15 of the 12-sided easy dice. So I have a lot of them. Some of them I have mistakes. I have mistake dice and bleed dice and a bunch of other things that happen through this. Although I, th- I think I threw a lot of those away. But, yeah, so I could easily send him, I think I sent him two or three of each, just as artifacts. But, yes, it was nice to see an unboxing video. I must have sent that two months ago, two and a half months ago, something like that, two months ago perhaps, because it was like five weeks in transit, and that's been about three weeks of video. So, yes, it was wonderful to see the unboxing video. And that, I think, is my update. I'm going to be doing more just playing Chaos stuff. And it's interesting, actually, doing the game. I'm thinking more about how I would rewrite what I'd like, ideally. I'm going to put that out there. Is one of the players in the current game, maybe Matthew Gibson, maybe Barney, maybe Matthew Barney, maybe Chris Abbott, would consider filling the rules of just playing Chaos if they like the game sufficient that I could have a co-author or co-author's assistance making the game book, for want of a better term, more accessible. It's currently very open source-esque, but maybe make it into something and get some artist illustrations and this kind of stuff. Make it into something that's Kickstarterable. But yeah, I, I need to get that sense of the players from them playing 
you know, a few more days or a few more hours worth of this game to see if there's any interest in expanding the rules around certain ideas. So to be continued, that would be the true gold standard of this thing. Then we come out at the end of this with collaborative assistance on the rule set. So in any case, the bliss is still with me. I think it'll stick with me for the rest of the day. I've got a model rail radio recording this evening. But yeah, I just wanted to put out a podcast to say this thing has worked out. Thumbs up on the first game virtualizing. It's interesting using Google Hangouts audio video issues, but I think I've been able to do it and will hopefully be able to do it next week and a few weeks following. So fingers crossed. I think the four sessions limit is going to be quite doable, just hopefully. Let's see. But yeah, the number also was right as well i was a bit worried that we might have too many players kind of worked out so let's see how this thing plays out but tom barbelay in san jose signing out